Word of Son, and the Holy Spirit that are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of our Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted with the Lord. The true title of the Word of Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted with God. And the name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted with Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5, that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name, and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title. But unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. This means Elohim is the title that our Creator chose for Himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part into any good dictionary or encyclopedia will prove that neither the Hebrew language, Greek language, or Latin language had any characters or letters in their alphabet that will produce the sound made by this letter. Neither was there a letter J in our own English language until some 1,400 years after the death of the Messiah. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our Father and His Son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. <coughs> Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limit, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud is no particular or descriptive shape and form. We've drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you how everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Now Yahweh, knowing man could not perceive of him in his pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being, having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine vision and understood in divine revelation. Later on, the self-same spirit manifested in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. There is only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. Therefore, the simple yet intelligent question we should ask ourselves what was the name of the Savior during the time he walked on earth? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of a Holy Name Bible. Also in this book, we teach the divine pattern of the universe. It's called a divine pattern because it's Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses about Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle path in a vision. Yahweh then instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, 
court roundabout. The three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. And in this school, we show proof how everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern. And absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. Also in this school, we have 10 primary constitutional aims or objectives. First is help you find and know Yahweh, our element, as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah, without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law, or so-called law of nature, and the power of Satan in that. Fourth, encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religion, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensation and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons, operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the Son and your children, Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning, ordained there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And tenth, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah, with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth. Our watchword is keep, and our slogan is speak the truth. Our scripture reading this evening is Colossians, the first chapter. gathered together today to learn something about our Heavenly Father and the Yahshua the Messiah. We're most grateful. And we humbly bow our hearts and our minds and that. And uh, pay attention. Keep the distractions out. We're in a new room. There are distractions. And we come before our Heavenly Father wanting to know more of his pattern and plan of salvation. That it may guide us in our life, comfort us, bring us great joy, and uh, peace. So with that, let's all cry and say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good evening, class. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. 
which is the assembly. Thereof I am made a minister according to the stewardship which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of Yahweh, even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his sons, in whom, to whom Yahweh would make known what is the richest riches of his glory, of his mystery among the nations, the Gentiles, which is the Messiah in you, the only hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man, and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Yahshua the Messiah, thereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Thank you. 
Now, when I first walked in this room and heard about the vision and heard about the founder of this school who had a vision and a revelation in 
of Yahweh. Now, in the beginning, remember I said this shape and form, uh, Yahweh in the shape and form, Yahweh Elohim, or the Word. Now, John 1 and 1 is talking about this Word. Pick it up and start. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with Yahweh, and the Word was Yahweh. Now, this Word was with Yahweh, and was Yahweh. This word is Yahweh. Is Yahweh. He's not separate. Okay. He's not a different thing. In Christ, in the Catholic, well, really, all of Christianity teaches the Trinity, right. and that you have three distinct persons in the Trinity, and that they're all God, but none of them. I forget how they do it. They have it all God. They all are God. But, see, they uh, uh, aren't each other. And they do not, and they have separate personalities. Sounds a little schizophrenic. <laughs> now, <laughs> this word was Yahweh. The same was in the beginning with Yahweh. All things were made by him. Now all things were made by him, meaning this word. Look at, if you went to uh, Genesis 1 and 1, you read that God created the heaven and earth. Right. That should be Elohim. That is the word. And how did he create? Let there be light, and there was light, and the light was and, and let there be a permanent. So he spoke in the creation. He is Yahweh's word. He is Yahweh's word. You speak. You have a brain. Your brain doesn't pop up and say what it wants to say. You have a brain. That's where you have your intelligence and your wisdom and your knowledge. But if you want to express that, it has to come down through your words. And I love that, the way they do the kids now. Use your words. Use your words. They never said that to us. I <laughs> but they're always telling the kids to use their words. Well, Yahweh used his word and created the entire creation. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. That covers it all. Go ahead. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now, in him was life. He is life. He is life. The reason why you have life is because he is life. And this whole Christian and the Jewish faith are waiting for Jesus to come back. They just jump out of the clouds and come back and take them to heaven and everybody else. 
reading an article in the um, CNN uh, about the trauma that children have now that were raised in some of these strict uh, religious upbringings and were constantly went to camps and stuff and told the signs to look for Armageddon and what was going to happen to them if they sinned and oh my gosh. And these people are in their 30s now still trying to live through this trauma. So the whole world is waiting for Jesus to come dropping out of the sky to take him to heaven. But he is light. And we have light here on this planet. So we're not waiting for him to come back. We're waiting for him to leave. Just the opposite. Because when he leaves, all life will leave with him. And we want to be part of that body, part of that life. In him. And then we will continue life more glorified. All right, uh, go ahead and continue. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. You know, the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness didn't even know it was there. There was a man sent from Yahweh, whose name was John. And the same came to a witness, to bear witness of the light. Okay, we're going to drop, uh, stop there, because you'll keep starting to talk about John the Baptist and the other characters in our unity of the gospel. So drop to 14. 14 first. And the Word was made flesh. This word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Well, I was taught that God gave up his son for mankind. He did not send his little boy. He did not send his son to take away his took away sin. For this word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So what you've got is a unity, not a trinity. So you've got Yahweh in this abstract state. The word that can be seen in visions and revelations. And then this word took on a physical body. So you've got Yahweh, the word of Yahweh, called Yahweh Elohim, and then when he came in the flesh, his name could not have been Jesus. There's no J in the Greek, Hebrew, or Latin. You just, I mean, when Columbus came over, what, in 1492, he didn't have Jesus. Bible. There 
killed. When they were sitting around for dinner, they didn't say, Jesus, pass the potatoes. <laughs> they thought it wasn't there. It wasn't a word. But his true name is Yahshua. Now that means Yahweh is salvation. So you've got Yahweh, Yahweh's feet, and Yahweh is salvation. There is one. Yahweh is a unity. He is not three. And he's not just poetically a unity. It's not like, well, that's what it says, he's a unity. He is a unity. And sometimes we have a hard time wrapping our minds around that. So it's like, well, what was it Yahweh? Was it Yahshua? Was it was it? Uh, it was Yahweh. Now was Yahweh abstract, intermediate, or concrete? Figure it out. But it's Yahweh. Now, when Yahshua came in a physical body, he had a job. And when I went to church, they taught me that Jesus came to take away my sins. But then I had to go back to church because I was a sinner. Well, did he take away my sins or not? Am I a sinner? Am I not a sinner? Did he not do the job right? What, do you understand? It was confusing to me as a child. As much as when they said that I was made in the image and likeness of my creator. And I go home and look in the mirror and I'm like this 10-year-old, short, pudgy girl.
and we want to name of Yahweh, Y-A-H-W-E-H, originated the Hebrews did not use vowels. So what you had is they used uh, Y-H-W-H. And from that, they knew how to pronounce And when we exhale, you exhale. 
if I had still been going to church, I would have been down there and somebody would say, what do you mean you made that choice for me? I'm over 18. I can make my own choices. But we just love, 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 and go along with it. Now, I apologize. It's been so long. But there's one thing here I want you to show. Um, Go to Deuteronomy 32 and take it up this morning. And then there's something in Deuteronomy, but I need to get a verse. Uh, after 32, uh, get Deuteronomy 8.15. And I got wrong, so that's good. 32 and more. It is so good to see everybody. I can't even. I wasn't going to come because what I'm dealing with, this is the worst time for me to come. Not a week off, or, you know, whatever. But I, I told Carl, my husband, I said, I got to go. I'm going to go. He said, just go. And let it take care of itself. So he did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Deuteronomy 32 and 1. Deuteronomy 32 and 1. Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak. And hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. Oh, God, please. My doctrine shall fall as the rain. His doctrine falls like the rain. That rain. I'm from California. It rained a few weeks ago at Fred. <laughs> I mean, you just do not understand how dry it is. It is everything. It's crispy. And that's why we hate those Santa Ana winds, because the winds are hot winds come in. And just hot winds blowing against the... Uh, vegetation is so dry it's just like that. You don't need anybody to know. That's how dry. But his doctrine drops into the rain. And it's a good soaker. You understand? Not a not a flash flood. It's a good soaker. My speech shall distill as the dew. His speech shall distill. And his words, you know, distillation, you're getting out these words. And that's what his speech coming to these classes will get all of that ignorance and hatred and all that stuff just distill. Go ahead and read. Upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grass. And now that's a baptist of rain, because I will publish the name of Yahweh, ascribe you greatness unto Elohim. He is the rock, his work is perfect, and all his ways are judgment. All right, so he is 
the rock. Now you see? And his work is perfect. Now, when the children of Israel were out here in the wilderness of Sinai, and they cried for uh, uh, water, Yahweh had Moses take his rod and hit a rock, yeah. and out came water. Well, then it happened again. And Yahweh told Moses, now don't strike the rock. Speak to the rock. But Moses struck the rock. Now, I want to find out about this rock. Go ahead and do Deuteronomy 8. Who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness? You need to pick it up just to hear. I'll pick it up to hear. Then thy heart be lifted up, and thou forget Yahweh thy Elohim, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt. Yeah, you know they. You know they. Joshua went to take him over Jordan. And he said, okay, if you're not going to worship Yahweh, then choose which one of these gods you're going to worship. And they all said, no, no, we're going to worship Yahweh. We'll worship Yahweh. You'll find this at the end of Joshua. And Joshua turned right around to him and said, no, you're not. <laughs> you're not going but they were convinced they could do it. But anything came along that looked a little better, or things got a little tough, shush, they're off to another God. Go ahead and From the house of bondage, who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, yes. who brought thee forth water out of the rock of flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna. Now, he brought water out of a rock of what? Flint. A rock of flint. Who's old enough in here to remember before Bix? <laughs> we had the lighter. A zippo lighter. <laughs> it was very important to have a cool lighter. Many of them. I recall mine was in great. So, <laughs> to get that right, uh, lighter to work, you had to put in lighter fluid. That was a flammable fluid. But you also had to put in because without the flint, it wouldn't spark. So that when his ears went across the flint, it would spark, and then it would get that flammable fluid, and then that fire. So here in the wilderness, they're getting water and out of a fire rock. It was a rock of flint. 
and that is Yahshua with that baptism of fire. Do you understand that? Yes. Now there's more, and I know every one of you can do more with it. I'm just nothing is ours, it's yours now. And, and work with it. You understand? But you can run down that baptism of fire. And when he spoke to them, or even when they were in the upper room, those flames of fire, it is that rock of fire or So thank you, everybody, for being here. Thank <laughs> you. 
birds have gotten in the way. They're sitting on chairs, but when they're driving, they look like a beautiful sunset when they're out there. And they just sit there and watch these people become very personal. And that means that there is a shadow.
teaching in classical or foreign schools, never communicates golden idioms. And that um, when Daniel interpreted the dream that Nebuchadnezzar explained to him, you are that image of gold. And so Nebuchadnezzar in his carnal mind, oh, I'm the golden, <laughs> golden image of himself. And it was only to the in the Bible mm-hmm. that they converted over. It was ninety feet tall. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what? Google, you know, you don't have to speak about anything. <laughs> what is what structure is ninety feet tall? And so they gave an example of it, and it was higher than the clouds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the size of what the golden image was. Nebuchadnezzar, mm-hmm. never think about that. Mm-hmm. That whole big. Now, Our Lady of the Rockies is a graven image of the Virgin Mary. Mm-hmm. That's what that is. Mm-hmm. It has a graven image of Nebuchadnezzar. It's the same size. You gotta look at that. Google it and look at that structure. I said, gross. Horrible. It's like, oh, how could you think? And you think that's holy and breaking and all this. It's crazy. Y'all have done marvelous work to deliver us. Reading the carnal mind, yes. thought that that was righteous. That's right. Mm-hmm. And y'all remember the touchdown Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody going to Cincinnati, you saw Jesus. According to 
they have when food water distributed in these packages. Now what he said of Satan was that he is created to uphold the exalt himself above all that is called Yahweh. Where you are the call of Yahweh. Understand? That negative spirit is relentless in his operation to attack and try to divide and try to conquer that bride or body and children of Yahweh. And that's why our aim, it is our seventh aim, to discern and avoid being deceived by the serpent, the devil, the dragon, Satan, and sin, and recognize that he, marvel not, that Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light, like I was just talking about Our Lady of the Rockies. We think that that huge monument is something beautiful, but it is an idol. It is satanic. No doubt, satanic. Not partially okay. It's satanic. Yahweh yeah, said, don't make any images of anything in heaven or earth. Okay. You just do directly opposite. Not only that, you've got 500 million people following after it. Mm-hmm. Nothing but the devil. I was telling one of my colleagues, I said, the, uh, social media is the devil. <laughs> Anything anybody's doing, I saw people wrapped around a Chick-fil-A restaurant. It had to be an hour plus ride. That's the devil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody doing it. Something's going on. <laughs> you understand? It's the scene. But that's what you have. And only children that are called the righteous to see that. The world that is under that delusion is blinded about that. Yeah. And we can't discern it. But our aim, objective, is spirit. This is all operating by spirit. It is to discern and avoid being deceived. And as Yahweh, through our founder, Dr. Killing, instructed in the first part of the Elohim book, said he has shared these things in writings and charts so that his associates may be able to identify and track the mystery of righteousness and the mystery of iniquity and its origin in heaven to its ultimate conclusion in the lake of fire. And we can watch and we can see that operation, what's happening, you understand? Not deceiving the body of Yahweh inside. So we have one spirit. Go ahead and read. around in the physical body 
he was the mediator between Yahweh and man. And then he had those 12 disciples, their comforter, while he dealt with them in that place of hiding, he was their mediator. But he took off the flesh, you understand, that he might be. And he talked about, and I can't remember who he wrote it, that Yahshua Messiah is the only intercessor, right. the mediator between Yahweh and man, the man Yahshua Messiah. That was that mediator. And so when he took off the flesh and poured out his spirit into the hearts and minds of those that believe him, in AD 33, on the
healthy faith is Yahweh. You know, mm-hmm. there, there's three times in the year that Yahweh says, you gather unto yeah. your male.
nobody in water. And they told me that Jesus Christ told you that you had to be baptized. This Messiah, you know, he said, God will be baptized in the water. Now I need to be baptized in the Spirit. Not me, but just pray. Now I pray
said the warning was to test so everybody else ignored it. Mm-hmm. And so they went back and talked about the watchman that warned that you don't need to force people to get out. They thought, oh, it's a little handsome. But that hurricane, <laughs> I'm telling you, something about it. Yeah. 